Friends, before we get to the podcast, I want to make you aware of a free event hosted by United We Pray in a couple of weeks. We will be hosting Dr. Jarvis Williams, Associate Professor of New Testament Interpretation, for an evening to think about redemptive kingdom diversity. He'll be speaking, and we'll be recording a live episode of the podcast with him. It's very exciting. This event is free, but registration is required. Please see the link in our show notes for more information and let friends in the Birmingham area know about it. Grace and peace. Like... John questioning my salvation today because I don't drink coffee. Yeah, I mean, uh, John, I don't either, man. Josh, that's, that's exactly what I so, said. Look how he was more upset that <laughs> I don't drink coffee versus questioning my salvation. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. Grace and peace, you're listening to United We Pray. Taking racial struggles to the throne of grace, United We Pray is a ministry devoted to prayer about racial strife, especially between Christians. We want to help Christians pray and think better about race in a way that is biblical and helpful, clear and hopeful. You can learn more about our work at youwepray.com. That's U-W-E-P-R-A-Y.com, where you can find articles, old episodes, and more. I'm Austin Suter, one of the hosts of the podcast, and I'm in a room surrounded by a bunch of people I really like. So why don't we go around and introduce ourselves, if you don't mind, say who you are, where you're a pastor, how long you've been there, and anything else you want to share. Should I introduce myself if I'm no, not next. one of the people? <laughs> <laughs> what's up, what's up? My name is Joshua Chapman. I'm a pastor, co-pastor at Midtown Baptist Church in Memphis, Tennessee. Um, one of the best things about me is the fact that I'm married to my beautiful bride, Stephanie Chapman. I'm Akin Omisami. I'm a pastor at Grace Baptist Church in Bowie, Maryland. Been a pastor there for about a year. I've been there for about 11 years. The best thing about me is that I'm, uh, I'm good friends with Isaac Adams. <laughs> <laughs> Isaac Adams, people who listen to this show with any sort of regularity know who I am, pastor of Iron City Church. Thankful to be here. Uh, since I'm the only Christian apparently on this episode, I'll say the best thing about me is I'm saved by Jesus. <laughs> Jesus, you got you. Trick question. Hey, what up, y'all? My name is John Talley III. I serve as executive pastor of Mission and Vision at Roosevelt Community Church, downtown Phoenix, Arizona, right down the street from where the Phoenix Suns play basketball at. And um, something you said something that is a special about us, right? Or we like, right? Um, I got a two things. I got two things. I got a three month old baby girl. You know what I mean. So shout out to that. I'm a girl dad. And then uh, earlier today, uh, I whooped these boys in basketball. So, <laughs> you know, I, mean, I just want to throw that out there for the for the people to know that I, you know, we, we, we anybody want that smoke on the court, we can get it. <laughs> Listeners should note that I ran away like a coward to come set up the podcast. This rather than is true. Austin was like, I'm out. He knew his lane, and John kept me in mind for today. <laughs> well, thank you, brother, so much for being here. So each man here is a pastor, but specifically a black pastor at a church at some level of ethnic diversity. And just to set the stage, our listeners will know we love diverse churches. We think diverse churches display the reconciling love of God in a way that little else can. Uh, so I wanted to hear from you, brothers, uh, about specific ways that church members can love their pastors well, things that church members should think about uh, with their pastors. So first, can you describe some misconceptions folks might have if their majority white church is to hire a black pastor? So definitely not trying to get you to talk badly about your own church, because I don't think that's your experience. 
But I think some people can think that a majority white church hiring a black pastor automatically fixes racism mm. or mm. launches, you know, yeah. perfect racial harmony. Have you guys seen that? Do you think there are better ways to think about it? Yeah, I mean, I'll jump in uh, real quick with it. I think, so I have seen, um, well, I think right now, like, diversity is a very, like, sexy thing right now. Everybody wants diversity. They like it. They want this thing. And particularly amongst white, predominantly white evangelical churches, I have seen where they're... So, yeah, I think some churches, they um, they think predominantly white evangelical churches they think hiring a um a black pastor is going to like fix everything and there's a couple things that i think is wrong with that one um sometimes they're not really even looking at the biblical qualifications when it comes to actual what is a what is a pastor what 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 is the type of character so obviously that's laid out in first timothy chapter three titus chapter one so i feel like sometimes that kind of can get just like oh yeah kind of bypass that a little bit so i think that aspect two um i think like diversity in and of itself is not necessarily the goal um we understand that in new heavens new earth right revelation 7 there's going to be you know this great multitude of people different tribes different nations and all that type of stuff um and they're going to be worshiping the Lamb of God together, which is going to be beautiful. Um, so we know that that's the end. But I feel like a lot of times people look at diversity as like the goal. And I think ultimately holiness really is the goal when we think about trying to um, minister and, and, and shepherd our people the way that God wants us to. Right. As we lead, as we feed, as we care and as we protect uh, the flock of God. We should be looking at holiness. Now, diversity is not a bad thing. I'm in a diverse church, um, but my church is minority-led, so I think there's a little bit of a distinction with that. Um, but yes, yeah, some churches do hire and they look for just a black person, honestly. And there's not a culture of where, uh, how can I say this? There's not a culture where somebody who is uh, a, a Christian, but is ethnically black, and that comes with different cultural things. There's not a culture where, um, what I've seen, where that's actually welcomed. It's more of like, hey, you're the shade of color that we like. So we really just want assimilation. We don't really truly want diversity. And when it comes to politics, when it comes to certain theological positions, when it comes to different personalities, um, I've seen how this can really, really um, create a lot of tension in with 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 congregation. So, so yeah, th- those are just my my thoughts a little bit on on that. Yeah, brother, just just to piggyback on what John was saying, um, when I was saved back in 2010, I, I you know I walked into a white evangelical church, and that church loved on me. Um, I'm, I'm thinking of the, the you know, the, our goal is to be a Jesus goal, to go and make disciples, disciples of all nations. Right, so I had a, a white brother who, who discipled me, who raised me up, who trained uh, me in the, in the, in the word and, um, and equipped me. He, Jesus used him to minister to my soul. And, um, and I think that should be our goal. It's not to, 
um, to make to fit a mold or, or for diversity's sake, but I think for the for the Great Commission's sake, we should be making disciples of all nations. Um, and in, we, even within our church, you know, find a, you know, this is my advice for church members: find a, you know, find a brother in your church and disciple him, raise him up, train him up, so he can match those qualifications. Of, um, like John was saying about in First Timothy three and Titus, and allow the Spirit to just do His work. That's good. That's real good. Yeah, um, I'm hearing so much goodness. I ain't gonna lie. I kind of forgot the question. Now. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. I was like, "Dang, this is good." What are we talking? About? <laughs> yeah, man. Um, to both of you brothers' point and um, man Tally's point, like one definitely got to be on guard against hiring. Um, got to be on guard against elevating diversity to the point to where you hire someone who's biblically unqualified. Um, so yeah, let the scriptures be your God in that. Also, you got to be on guard against tokenism. Um, this idea that, man, we just want this person, yeah. you know, to fit this so that we can say we're diverse. Speak on it, speak um, on it. But they don't have any, uh, they don't have a voice or anything they suggest to get shot down immediately. Um, or it's just to appease, you know, whether a small number of people in your church or just for the sake of saving face that we look diverse. Yeah, yeah. You know, and so you got to be on guard against that. I mean, you also got to be on guard against elevating diversity. Like, man, um, Jesus died for a colorful bride, and he also prayed that the church would be united. Mm. You know, and so you just, you got to be on guard against this idea of like, man, we're diverse, but but we're not walking in unity. Wow. You know what I'm saying? Wow. Um, cool. And so, like, man, if your church is, is going to be diverse, praise the Lord. Along with that, pray for the Lord to, for the saints to be eager to maintain the unity in that church because that portrays yeah. to the community and to the people at large that, man, this is what the Lord has done. As Jesus prayed in John 17, that they may be one, that the world would see that you have sent me. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? The world would see that you love them. With, you know what I'm saying? Like, I forgot I'm butch- butchering the verse. But also, like Jesus even testified in John 13, is by your love for one another, that testifies that you're my disciples. And so it's like, man, if the church is diverse, praise God. Um, but what also testifies to the power of the gospel is that this diverse church is unified. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, and not uniformity. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Because like Paul says in Ephesians 4, you know, one body, one spirit, one Lord, you know, uh, one, one hope, one calling, well, to your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father is over all and through all and in all. Like these are the things that we have in common. These are the things that we're to be united around. And these things are so uh, essential that our differences, as real as they are, they don't divide us. You know what I'm saying? And so your church can be diver- your church should be diverse to where it's like, man, even where there's disagreement, there's still charity because you guys are, you know, one body, one spirit, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, you know, one God and Father. And so it's like, man, we can walk in unity, have real love for each other, even though we disagree. <laughs> Two quick comments. Y'all are gonna hear a lot from these other brothers because they're just wise. Uh two quick comments comments, one negative, one positive. The negative one would be or yeah, you know what I mean. Um, I think a lot of times when it comes to the conversation about diversity, a lot of churches are only thinking in terms of themselves, meaning hmm. how can we make us more diverse? Which means 
how can people come? People are going to have to come to us on our own terms, whether it be hiring, whether it be like, hey, we want y'all to come to us. Like, we want to be diverse. Like, that sounds great, but we want y'all to come to us. When I want a lot of white Christians to think about why am I not willing to leave my white church and go to a predominantly black church that faithfully preaches the gospel, and I still get diversity, I'm just now the agent in making that church. Well, I got diverse. an answer for that. I, 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 got, I got answer from what I've heard from what, what some white people said. Go. Oh, black, black they're not solid. Right. And, and that's, they're, and they're that's, not theologically right. solid, so I don't know if I can submit my family under right. that type of church. Right. Which is a whole nother episode, uh, but and that's why I said obviously, and like, and, and so unless we're going to say then all black churches are not theologically solid, I just I, that's not a workable solution. Like there might not be a solid one near you. Okay, that's a, its own different thing. But is there a solid one near you? And why don't you even have the thought to search search that out? Right. Mm. That's the negative comment. Positive comment. Let someone listen to this. I agree with all the wisdom. I do still think, if I'm talking about out of the other side of my mouth, that done well, intentional hiring is useful to the church. Meaning, yes. meaning, if you don't do Absolutely. it. It's, so I'm like, when people come to me and ask me about this question, I'm like, great if you can get it, that kind of diversity on your staff, but don't co- compromise theological conviction and make sure your church really has a culture that's ready to receive this brother huge. or sister in this family yeah. because it's them who are going to pay for it ultimately. Yep. And we will talk about that later. Okay. Yes. So, but I don't want people to hear this and think I should never then seek to hire diversely because I think it is useful to the church and in giving that seat and that voice, put that person on staff. Question. And uh, Super, super helpful and stuff that you said. In the context of diversity, what would you guys say in terms of um, it's a predominantly white church? The community is predominantly white, but they want diversity in their church. Should the church reflect the community that it's in, or should It'd be imported. <laughs> so you sort of have in mind a a church in a specific community. The community is majority white, yeah. but the church has this ideal that they want their church to look like a college admissions brochure, perfectly That's diverse. Right. That's exactly right, Austin. That's freighting the question, but yeah. <laughs> just a slight show of hand. Uh, I think, John, um, what I would say to that is, yeah, I think it is ideal when churches reflect their communities. And here's, I mean, I'll say this, like, I think you have a lot of white churches wanting this because they feel, because diversity is such a is such a goal, there's almost this knee-jerk, like, we're not a faithful church if we're not that, even though we're in the middle of North Dakota. There's not a black <laughs> right, person. Right, right, for, there, there's, right. And, like, and let's not even just make it white and black. Like, they might be in the middle of North Dakota. I'm like, what Indian populations are around there? Like, that's a real barrier that Christ has broken down. But uh, so I think the church should reflect the community. And this is where I'm like, if there's a white church teaching faithfully about issues of justice, love, mercy, discipling their people, as Atkins said, I'm pleased with that. And I'm like, there's a lot of sin and segregation history mm-hmm. and things that are outside that church's control that maybe they were even complicit in. Uh-oh. But it, God, God, like ge- geography is a very complex thing. Mm-hmm. And so like, I would not try to outsource and be like, we'll, we'll just hire 10, 10 minorities and yeah. hope that the church changes when it's like, ah, oh, mm. yeah, that's probably not going to happen. And right. I just don't, that, that to Austin's point does feel like we really want our church website to look good. 
and not an ideal goal. I would definitely second everything Isaac said. I mean, to them, definitely want them to be faithful. Uh, ideally, you definitely want your church to reflect your community. Um, and the very examples or the description that Isaac gave, I would probably just encourage them to live that out. You know, what I would say is, even if your church isn't diverse, strive to create a culture that's conducive for diversity, mm. um, well said. even if the Lord doesn't ever give it. Say that, yo, break that down. That that was, if we had, uh, you know, like, they, you know, the little buttons that'll, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Can we get a little sound effect? That's, that's, that's a bomb right there. Like, I have too many buttons. <laughs> can you unpack, you know, can you unpack that? Because, like, that's, I think that, that is key. Yeah. Um. So what I would say, you know, as you think about, you know, desire for diversity, you want to, in light of the situation, the scenario you painted, I would encourage, you know, predominantly white churches to seek to create a culture that's conducive for diversity mm-hmm. um, to where, you know, if the Lord were to bring a minority to your congregation, your congregation is like welcoming them, loving them, sensitive uh, to the reality that, you know, this is a minority. This may be difficult for them as they come in. You know, you're sensitive to the reality of like, man, they uh, may not live in the culture that I live in, you know, and so it's they got, like... They're sacrificing certain things. Yeah, they're sacrificing certain things and you're mindful of that. And so you're... you're yeah, you're welcoming, welcoming them well. You're seeking to get into their world to know more about their own experiences. You know, um, man, think about music. Like, man, if you want your congregation to be more diverse, you, you know, if the as the Lord gives gifts to the congregation and people who have the ability to play music in a diversity of styles, it is like, man, that's definitely going to help you create a culture that's conducive for diversity. Um, you know, the things you pray for. You know, um, may it not only reflect uh, the experiences or the things that people in your majority white congregation is going through, but also being mindful of what's going on in our country. You know what I'm saying? Being mindful of what's going on in um, neighboring churches and other cities that, man, those areas are a little bit more diverse. And so praying for those things, knowing that, you know, the Lord may lead them to come. The Lord may lead one to or a few to come into to move into your town. But you're sensitive and you're mindful of the reality of some of the things that they may be going through or some of the experiences they may have. And so you're speaking to those, you're preaching in light of those as you're walking through the text, um, you're praying in light of those things, you're reaching out. Um, and so it's like, man, just because your church isn't diverse doesn't mean that you can't seek to create a culture that's conducive for it. Um, if the Lord were to give that diversity to love those minorities well as they come in. It's really good. Wanted to ask you guys about expectations that churches might have of black pastors, especially majority white churches might have of black pastors that aren't fair. So if a church is expecting to hire a black pastor and he is going to come in and he's going to be a one-man diversity initiative in and of himself, that's not a good situation for that brother to be walking into. Are there other expectations y'all know of or could anticipate that might be unhelpful? And after this, we're going to turn to positive. This is going to be the last don't do this. <laughs> I was going to say, Austin, this is a very encouraging. I know. <laughs> I mean, you're just really you're beaming today. That's a really good question. Um, Thank you, John. Yeah. I guess the expectation of just being on every brochure, being, being the only black face on the website, um, being a black representative. So if a new member comes to your church, you're going to reach out to your black pastor on staff. I mean, just be mindful of those things. 
mm-hmm. um, being mindful of how that brother may feel about that and and ultimately just be honest with that brother like um especially if you're interviewing someone i think the, my question is you know do you do you be honest with that person and say hey this is this is reason why we're hiring you you know you may not be qualified uh, like this other brother we want to hire but we we, we, you love the word, you love Jesus, and you're teachable, and we want to train you up. Like, do, do church, should churches be honest about those situations? That's really good. I think one that I'd throw out there is that I think I bet a majority of the listeners, at least to this podcast, know not to go with he's going to fix it all. But I think you can default to there's another kind of like, we don't expect him to fix it all, but we also don't expect it to be that hard for him because this church is ready for it. And, you know, we're going to be in his corner. And and I just, all I can say at that moment, the best thing for you to do, white listener, might be to, again, just go to a black church and see how much you feel like you stick out. And it just will be healthy. So, like, I, I guess what I'm saying is, like, there's an expectation of, like, okay, we we listen united, we pray, we got our dots and eyes in a row. We're like, we're not we're not putting any undue pressure on this brother. But it's just it is a difference that is noticeable, and cats can feel even when it's just normal in the church. If it's just like there's just a thing where I look at pictures or where I'm in a room and I recognize I'm the only black person in this room. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I just, it's just, a, and like most people don't walk into them. Most white people don't have to walk into rooms where they're feeling that mm. I am the only mm-hmm. one of this in the room. And yes, we are all one in Christ. We're all fundamentally Christians in this room. And yet it's still a reality. Mm. I just want to say Austin is the only white person here in this room. right now. <laughs> so, you know, shout out to Austin for, <laughs> you know, for all the many things he do. How do you feel, Austin? You, feel? <laughs> yeah, you, know, Austin, you tell us. Let's interview you. What's it like right now, man? I I was comfortable till about thirty seconds. Ago. <laughs> he already ran off the basketball court earlier. He's like, I'm out of here, dog. I think one thing um, to Austin's question is, and I, I want to be careful with this one because. I do think there are some genuine white brothers and sisters that really mean well what I'm about to say. I would change that word some to many, but yeah. that would be mine. Many, yes. That would be mine. Yeah, pardon me, pardon me. And my brother's hoping all things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Many. Um, but when something happens in a culture, um, you know, historically a Trayvon Martin, uh, a Mike Brown, or, you know, recently a George Floyd, typically... Um, there's almost like an expectation that since you are the black person that is that looks like a George Floyd, right, that you have to. Um, yeah, it's, it's almost kind of like this unwritten rule of like you have to be the one to kind of pull it all together. Um, and I think for and again, for many, they they mean well when they're trying to you know, trying their best to, to, to lament, trying their best to try to, hey, how, you know, how, how does this hit you? How does this feel? Um, but sometimes it comes with like, all right, so what do we do? And um, particularly if you're the only black person on staff at that church, that could be very, very challenging. So mm-hmm. I think that's one. Um, and I think another one um, is like, you know, I've been in, in some some places where um, 
there's an expectation that you have to like know about the Fresh Prince of Bel Air or something, <laughs> you know, uh, that you fit this certain idea of what I have as a black person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And I mean, who doesn't like Fresh Prince of Bel Air, right? But it is kind of funny, and you can insert any show or any movie, but. I think it is funny like there is <laughs> some type of like certain type of uh uh you know ex- expectations or cultural whatever that you're black so therefore you or or hip hop that's that's a, in terms of music right um so anyways that's just a, a couple of things from my experience good yeah i think i would only say one um I'm not sure if there's an expectation. Well, yeah, I would say one. I think there's an expectation that a number of white Christians uh, may have as if it's not going to be hard for that black brother who's coming to be a pastor. In a, you know what I'm saying? Um, because they're coming, you know. And there's a reality that, yeah, the brother just may be excited about it. But there's also a reality that it may be hard you know, and the congregation may not be sensitive to the reality that it just might really be hard for them. Um, and so, yeah, praying for the pastor, definitely in that. And also praying that the Lord would give more minorities to be that refreshing remnant for them in that congregation that can refresh them, those refreshing relationships that they can be further spurred on to love well um, the congregation as they are a minority in that congregation. Father, we want to pray in light of this conversation. Uh, Lord, it's my sincere prayer that anyone listening to this conversation would feel more helped than paralyzed. That churches would have wisdom in the shepherds they call. Um, particularly if their shepherds don't look like the rest of the church, Lord. Uh, we pray that they would consider... Uh, a black pastor, not just for the color of his skin, but for who he is, for who you've made him to be, ultimately as an image bearer. Lord, we pray uh, for churches considering a black pastor. Lord, we pray that they would consider his family as well, if he has one, Lord, uh, knowing that uh, they will carry the burdens of that man's ministry, unlike anyone else. Father, your word says, if we lack wisdom, let us ask. And so we ask for it, knowing that you are generous in giving it without reproach. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Father, I thank you for each of these men you've brought here to this podcast today. Thank you for the ministries you've given them, for the churches you have called them to serve. Lord, that's the kind of thing we want to see more of. We just long to see good pastors in good churches. And Lord, we pray that you give all of us listening and thinking about this wisdom in who we would um, seek as spiritual leaders, who we would look up to, who we would call to serve in our churches. Pray that we would um, care for these men well, that we would trust them and that they would each serve faithfully as under shepherds looking forward to the return of Jesus in whose name we pray. Amen. Folks, thank you so much for listening. Um, You can look for part two of this conversation next week. Grace and peace.